Welcome to Covered, a health insurance podcast by the Montana and Mountain Health Co-op. Purchasing health insurance can be complicated, expensive, and downright intimidating. We're the world's first podcast designed specifically for you, the individual, family, or business looking to make the important decision on quality health insurance, told through the stories of our members and insurance experts. If you're looking for answers about insurance opportunities in Montana and Idaho and seek some inspiration along the way, we've got you covered. Welcome back to Covered. In this episode, we talk with Ray Rogers. Ray is a current member of the co-op. He's been on the board of directors for five years and currently serves as the board chair. We ask Ray about health insurance costs and why they're so high. And we talk about preventative care and how collectively we can help bring health insurance costs down. Ray brings a wealth of information and passion to the topic that's really tough to match. If you're in the market for affordable health insurance but wondering what differentiates the different options out there, this episode is definitely for you. Enjoy the episode and, oh yeah, share this with anyone you think might be interested. Um, Our goal is to kick out really helpful info. We're talking to some amazing folks. If we're succeeding uh, in that goal, then share this with anyone you think might also be interested in hearing it. Thanks again and enjoy the episode. And just like that, we're live. All right. Ray, thank you for joining us on Covered, the podcast. You bet. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Our goal on this podcast is to explain health insurance, and I've been told that you can help us do that. Um, Could you, for our listeners, just give a little bit of background on um, what you do here for the co-op? Yeah. So um, I've been a board member of the co-op for the last five years, and the last two years I've been fortunate to be uh, chair of the board of the co-op. So I tend to be pretty engaged in uh, the day-to-day activities that go on here, and and uh, stay pretty connected with the staff, especially the senior management staff on things that are happening. And uh, then my, you know, my job is to kind of lead and direct the activities of the board. Got it. Got it. And can you maybe back up a little bit and describe how did you get involved with the health insurance world um, in the first place? Yeah. So, you know, I had been working in the business of health information technology for a number of years. Mm-hmm. And the company that I have, it's called the National Center for Healthcare Informatics. Uh, we've always kind of looked at, you know, what are the what are the new technologies, the things that we need to be involved in in, in healthcare. And um, when I saw this whole movement coming up with the Affordable Care Act around uh, co-ops, uh, it really piqued my interest because um, uh, one, I'm really concerned about rural care, rural healthcare, mm-hmm. and um, I've always been really concerned about the rising rate of uninsured in this in this country. Yeah. So when I kind of saw the stuff that was happening with the Affordable Care Act, it really piqued my interest. And I said, you know, that's something I'd really love to get involved in. So I kind of watched it just from the sidelines as things were progressing. And then um, at some point I got a letter or some correspondence saying we're looking for board members hmm. for the Montana Health Co-op. And um, I said, yeah, that's something I want to do. So I threw my name in the hat and and uh, was fortunately elected to the to the board of directors. And and it's been really an incredible experience. Yeah. Um, I can tell you that when I when I joined onto the board, I had no idea how complex the healthcare industry or the health insurance industry is. Yeah. And for the first year, I was really just swimming in acronyms right. and just trying to figure it all out. But um, it's been an incredible experience for me. The, the complicated nature of health insurance is um, 
it can be a lot. And so somebody who's in that world where they haven't quite figured out the acronyms yet, and maybe they haven't quite figured out exactly why is health insurance so expensive or so complicated. And um, maybe we can touch on the cost side of things. Um, and I know it's a it's a complicated answer, of course, but what are some of the reasons that health insurance is so darn expensive? You know, um, I think we're, we just we're in we're living in a in a time where um, everything is more expensive. And if we look at the cost of health care across the United States, it just the the cost of health care continues to climb year after year after year. Um, and as a result, as um, an insurance company, we have to be able to um, respond to that. And we've got to be able to, to cover claims uh, that come into us. Um, we try to do it in the most cost-effective way we can, but uh, we also kind of are, are right in the middle of the market, right? Following the market so mm -hmm. that we try to be as competitive, competitive as we can be uh, but the reality is, is, is healthcare is just incredibly expensive. You yeah. know, in the United States, uh, we have a, an incredibly sophisticated healthcare system. Uh, we have some of the best healthcare technologies in the world. Uh, we're not the most efficient healthcare industry. Mm -hmm. uh, we have tons of duplication in our healthcare industry, and we don't do everything smart. Um, so there's a lot of added cost. Um, in the industry that may not necessarily need to be there, but uh, it's a reality of where we're at. And as a health insurance company, our job is to try to provide the best benefits we can to um, our members um, at the at the best cost that we possibly can. So you know, you know, we, we kind of know what's going on in the market. We know where mm -hmm. we know where costs are, and and we try to be as competitive as we can. It seems like certainly you know staying competitive. Um, the co-op does exactly that. But it also, and I'd be curious about what you've seen as a as a board member and as a member yourself, just of how benefits extend beyond just health insurance and helping to file claims and helping to figure out deductibles, but the, the people side of the co-op. Can you talk a little bit about how that's emphasized maybe at board meetings or in those discussions with the co-op that, okay, here here's the spreadsheets, but hey, let's also remember that we exist because of our members. Um, can you talk a little bit about that and what a potential member might expect or what might be special about the co-op? Yeah, you know, that's a great question. And, and it's been a, um, a process that's evolved, right? When I, when I first joined the, the board, we were just getting going. And um, at that point, we were really focused on just being a company, right? Mm -hmm. Getting... Uh, dotting all of our I's and crossing our T's and making sure that we're doing things right to be an insurance company in the market. Um, and at that time, we didn't have a tremendous focus on in the early years on on kind of a lot of benefits that came back to our members. Um, we were just literally trying to get in the business. And over time, and especially the last couple of years, one of the things we've been able to do is just really focus on uh, quality initiatives that um, uh, benefit our members and that affect our members. And um, so we have initiatives that we put out there, like whether it's tobacco cessation or, um, or obesity programs or whatever, that um, we, we have programs that are designed to, to help keep our members healthy, right? Yeah. Um, but it goes 
beyond that too. I mean, we're a small organization and uh, we're very member centric. You know, as board of directors, we're uh, uh, the, the majority of the board are members of of the co-op. That's really cool. So, so we get it. I mean, right. I'm a, I'm a member of the co-op, and yeah. so this is my insurance company. Sure. And um, so, one of the things that we try to do is is um, uh, reach out to our members as much as we can and have a close relationship with them so that we we understand their needs and we can be responsive to their needs. And I think there's been a bunch of things that have happened in the last year that I've seen where there's all these great stories of how we've been able to really help our our uh, our members in a really special way. There's this whole story about Kayleen uh, Murphy that okay. um, was just fascinating and and the accident that she had sure. and, and how, you know, with, with uh, our, our care team, with folks like uh, Cindy O'Leary, that we were able to just provide just this exceptional level of, of support for her and in the, the stuff that she was going through. Yeah. Um, we had a recent situation where we had a, a member who had a child that needed some special services and, and uh, none of it, it wasn't covered and, there was a number of people in the organization that just stepped forward and donated money oh, wow. to help this this child yeah, out. Yeah, that is a and, unique story indeed. Yeah, and you know, those things, those are things that happen behind the scenes and you don't see it, but I think it really speaks to just the, how member-centric we are, that we care about our members and, and you're not going to get that in a big insurance company that, no. yeah, so. Powerful stuff. Um, when we think about the co-op and some of the next steps, so you've, you described an evolution, what's next? Uh, you know, we've, we've arrived at this place where members are, you know, it is a member focused. Um, these amazing stories are happening, you know, every day with the members. What's next for the co-op? What, what, what can people expect in 2020 and beyond? Yeah. So, yeah, I think this is an exciting time for us because I think we finally hit that point where, uh, we know what we're doing. We're in the business. Uh, we're providing good services to our members. And now we're looking at how can we be better at what we do. So we're constantly looking at new quality initiatives uh, that we can put in place that um, help keep our you know, employee or excuse me, keep our uh, our members um, healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're constantly looking at, at those types of things. We also have we have a much better marketing presence out there. Our staff, our team that's that's putting all that together has just done a phenomenal job of, of kind of telling the story of who we are sure. um, through the words we say and the images we use and, and demonstrating it through the capabilities of the company. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's really some some interesting interesting times ahead in terms of where we're going. I can see us on this continued uh, slow uh a trajectory of growth. We're adding new uh, products all the time. We just added a, a Medicare supplement line okay. uh, to our services. So we're constantly looking at um, how can we uh, provide the right types of products for uh, our members and and uh, uh, products that they need and, yeah. and bring value to their lives. How does something like the Medicare supplement come to be? Is that you know a closed door meeting or is that, okay, we're going to we've heard some feedback and this is something that we need to execute on. You know, I think it's, you know, the management team coming to the board and saying, you know, here's an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And then just some really robust discussion with our, um, our board of directors uh, sure. that have lots of expertise in, in these areas 
to say, yeah, this makes sense. And, yeah. you know, one of the things we recognized is, is we have members every year who, um, through retirement, uh, kind of end up moving out of our plan into, uh, into um, Medicare. Mm-hmm. And so why not be able to offer a Medicare supplement sure. program to, to keep them as a part of our organization and, yeah. and our service network? So, yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, so I think that those things, uh, any time we're doing stuff like that, it's a really great discussion between uh, the board of directors and the management team on new products and where we're going as an organization. Yeah. Um, so you're a member of the co-op. Mm-hmm. What advice would you have for somebody that is thinking about joining the co-op but undecided, unsure, um, they're you know currently underinsured or potentially uninsured, and they have this list of choices uh, that they're that they're sifting through? Um, what advice m- might you have for that person or um, suggestions? Yeah, well, for starters, you know I think that um, everybody needs to have health insurance. Um, uh, individually, uh, collectively as a, as a, as a nation, uh, we need to make sure that our uninsured, our, our uninsured rate is as low as possible. Um, the more uninsured we have, the more it drives up the cost of care. And so one, people really need to be considering that they need to get some, some level insurance. Mm-hmm. Then they have to pick between a myriad of companies that are out there offering products, right? And as they're, as they're comparing products, I think one of the thing I can tell them is that as a member myself and having used this health insurance now for, for five years, um, it, MHC does a great job. Um, yeah. And I go back to what I kept talking about, that this is a, a really a member-centric organization where we really care about the, uh, um, our members and, and want to make sure that we're not only thinking about just covering their claims and doing those things, we're also thinking about their wellness mm-hmm. and putting programs in place for kind of more longer term care, keeping keeping them healthy. Sure. One of the experiences I just had that was that was really exceptional was um, one of the things that we offer is is kind of a, a healthy home uh, visit uh, mm-hmm. where a nurse practitioner will come into your home as a member and do a, a health home assessment. Oh, wow. uh, it's an hour long assessment and health assessment, and um, it's, uh, it's, it's really designed to uh, really give you an opportunity to spend some time with a healthcare practitioner to um, really evaluate where you're at with your health. So, hmm. you know, I, I, I signed up and didn't tell him I was on the board or anything <laughs> sure. like that. I just wanted to experience it. I wanted, I wanted the assessment. Yeah. And uh, had a, um, a nurse practitioner that came into my home and uh, she spent an entire hour with me, wow. which it's really tough to get an hour with your primary care provider, yeah. right? It's really tough to get that much time. Right. And she sat down with me, explained what she was going to do, and then went through a very thorough um, assessment and examination. Uh, we talked about everything from prescriptions uh, to my general health status to yeah. health concerns that I have. And, and then everything that I talked to her about goes back to my primary care physician. And it just ended up being just an exceptional experience. And we actually incentivize our members um, by giving them a $50 gift certificate to actually have one of these home health assessments. So not only is this available to all members, but 
there is an incentive to take advantage of this benefit. That's correct. And and we incentivize them because we believe it's so important. Yeah. Because we want them to make sure that they're taking care of their health. And that the earlier that we can uh, take care of an issue, the earlier that we can identify a, a health issue, uh, the better it is for that patient in the long run. Because mm-hmm. we don't want issues where something uh, is nagging at somebody and then they don't deal with it. And before long, it becomes an acute issue. And then the yeah. cost of that goes way up, um, not only for the for the member, but for us as an organization as well. Um, so being able to to get a really good assessment and keep people healthy is right at the top of our list of things that we want to be doing. That's such an amazing benefit. It seems like the news that catching something early or just monitoring your health early and keeping things on status quo is... Um, I don't know that that would be news to folks that that's something they should do, but incentivizing them and really promoting that benefit uh, is something that I think would help people take action. Um, but I'm curious why you think uh, or why people might wait. Why do people wait to get those assessments until mm-hmm. perhaps it's too late, until, oh, you know, that pain is really uh, is really bad. I, I need to go get it checked out or... Um, you know, or something worse. Why do you think, why do you suppose people wait and don't take that step? You know, I, th- I think there's a number of factors. Um, one may be uh, if they are uninsured, mm-hmm. um, they don't right. have, they don't have access to care. It's and going to be too expensive so, if they. Yeah. So they're just going to put it off. And we saw that with the, uh, uh, as soon as the Affordable Care Act took place, um, those first couple years of, of bringing in uh, uh, uninsured, um, onto, onto the plans, the, the uh, claims went, through the, oh, went wow. through the ceiling because there was all this pent-up demand, right? There were all right. these people that hadn't had insurance for many years, and then all of a sudden they get insurance and they're going to the doctor for, for all these things that they haven't done for all these years, right? right. So oh, if somebody's uninsured, yeah. they're, they're probably avoiding uh, going to the doctor. If you are insured, there's also the whole issue of deductibles, right? You got to right. pay your deductible. And sometimes it's easier to, to put stuff off and not have to pay that high deductible and things like that. So, um, and then I think there's just people are lazy and they procrastinate. And they might and, say, maybe someday I'll schedule that appointment. That's, that's right. Yeah, sure, sure. So, so one of the keys is we got to get people thinking about wellness, Yeah. right? And every dollar that we spend on wellness gets paid back many, many, many times over. Because if we can keep people healthy, if we can keep their weight down, uh, you avoid long-term things like diabetes, uh, you know, obesity, all those things that have so many comorbidities that really drive somebody's health down. If we can focus on wellness up front, uh, that pays off uh, many times around for not only the member, but for us as an organization as well. Yeah. Well, what an amazing benefit. That What would that benefit? It was an in-home visit. Is that what it would be called? Yeah, an in-home yeah. health assessment. In-home health assessment. Yeah. yeah. It was great. I didn't, I didn't tell her until after the visit that I was um, on the board of directors. Yeah, right. And... Your, your name didn't get flagged. Hey, this is the director here. That's right. right. That's right. So it was good. Um, oh, that's great. So we're getting to the part of our podcast where we So ask one of the questions of the we usually ask all our guests, guests is, what activity or hobby do you participate in that puts you perhaps most at risk of utilizing your uh, health insurance? <laughs> That's great. Well, um, I'm a, 
I work out a lot yeah. and um, I try to stay as healthy as I can. And so I love running and hiking and biking and, and all of those things. But I also love doing um, Spartan races, oh, okay. um, which yeah. um, can tend to be a little risky. For those that don't know, this is the running through electrodes and up and over giant mountain <laughs> walls and all sorts That's of right. things. That's right. All these obstacles that you yes. have to go through. Yeah. So some of them can be a little bit dangerous. So, um, but, you know, I, for me, uh, maybe it's a little risky behavior, but um, there's also the benefit of just wellness, right, that we keep talking about. Sure. So, you know, one of my favorite hobbies is just working out, staying in, staying in shape, being healthy, uh, and it and it adds so much value to everything else that you do in life, right? I'm I'm more active with uh, my family. I have a new grandbaby. You know, I want to mm-hmm. be healthy for a long time to be able to en- to continue to enjoy those things. Sure, so that's that's a big part of what I do. Yeah, that's great. Um, the co-op is so community focused. Can you talk a little bit about some of the other projects that you have in the works? I know that um, you're obviously on the board here. You're Remember, you've got a lot of other things happening. Can you educate some of our listeners on what else uh, Ray is doing in, in Montana and throughout the region? Yeah, so I have a really significant project that I'm doing in Butte, and this is a project I've been working on for about 10 years. Wow. Um, I've, uh, with the company that I have, the National Center for Healthcare Informatics, we uh, got involved about 10 years ago in, in simulation-based training. So... Um, being able to simulate medical scenarios, right? So you could practice um, a medical scenario in a safe environment and be able to practice it over and over again until wow. you get it right. So this is, you know, for doctors and nurses and nurse practitioners yeah. and PAs, EMTs, first responders for those types. Um, we got involved in doing a bunch of this training for the military about um, 10 years ago. And when we started that, one of the things we recognized is if you're a rural healthcare provider, here in Montana or anywhere around the country, you don't have access to simulation-based training uh, just because it's it's available in so few places. Mm-hmm. It, they get training when they're in colleges and universities, and then only the biggest medical centers have simulation Interesting. Uh, laboratories. Yeah. And so we saw this in, this huge need to provide a place where rural healthcare practitioners uh, could come and get simulation-based training, whether it's around things like emergency obstetrics or airway management, pediatric emergencies, uh, infant emergencies, uh, all kinds of high-risk, low-frequency things uh, that these rural healthcare practitioners need to be ready for, right? right? Um, If you're in a small rural hospital, you might only see one emergency obstetric situation a year, right? right? So um, doesn't quite prepare you for that repetition. Okay. I know exactly what to do. Cue the checklist. Here we go. Precisely. That's right. right. So, and without that repetition, you have skill decay, right? Mm -hmm. So we're building a facility where, uh, healthcare practitioners can come to us and in two to three days, we can give them tons of repetitions uh, using medical mannequins and imaging simulators, which Mm -hmm. are incredibly sophisticated. Um, we can give them repetitions on emergency obstetrics, for instance, for two days where they can practice all kinds of different um, scenarios around a complicated uh, pregnancy, right? Wow. Delivery. Yeah. And, and we'll do that in lots of different areas. But so we're, we're in the process of putting together this, this, uh, it's a $36 and a half million dollar project. 
Uh, we'll, we anticipate training about 5,000 healthcare workers a year wow. at this facility. From everywhere, they're coming here and from all Really all over North America. Wow. And we have support from all over the nation for this uh, um for this center it's going to be called the praxis center for innovative learning yep and uh we're we're super excited about it we're that's amazing we're just in the final processes of uh financing it right now and uh hope to be uh breaking ground sometime next year so it's specifically designed for rural healthcare professionals that's correct yeah yeah we, we really we really wanted to focus in on on these uh, underserved rural providers who don't have access to this type of care. So, That's amazing. So it's a 60,000 square foot facility and it'll be designed to look like a, a mock rural hospital. Wow. At least a big chunk of it will. Yeah. Sure. So it's going to be cool. Yeah, sounds like it. That's so that, really cool. Exciting. So that's what keeps me busy. <laughs> that's what keeps you busy. Yes, when you're not here. Yeah. That's right. Um, <laughs> wow, really exciting stuff. Ray, was there anything that um, I did not ask you that you were hoping, oh, you know, Kyle, I was hoping you were going to ask me this question, and here we are toward the end of the interview, and you didn't ask it yet. Anything that you can think of? Not that that? I can think of, no. Okay, okay. Well, if anybody has questions, uh, they can leave them in the comments, perhaps, and we can follow up with them later. Um, Ray, thank you so much for joining us. This was an amazing interview. I think people are going to get a ton of value here just about... Uh, the expenses of health insurance and how to get involved and um, all in all really appreciate it yeah it's a pleasure to be on your podcast and and uh thanks for doing this appreciate it